All right, dear listeners, we are back for part two of this season five crossover event with the On Call Room podcast. Also, Private Practice is doing a crossover with Grey's Anatomy. So it's a double crossover event. Were you able to wrap your brain around that? Because it took me a while too. If you are coming straight to this episode, I would suggest starting with the last episode, part one of our crossover event, which you will find in your feed directly below or maybe above this one, but it'll say the season five crossover event, part one. Erica Warner, gliosarcoma and stroke. I shouldn't be so happy about that. (laughs) I love that they kept scratches on her face from the car accident. Mm -hmm. So we would have like some sort of idea how much time has passed. Mm -hmm. Great way to... How much time has passed. We never know. Okay. Never enough to not be fully healed. Yeah. It took me a hot minute to realize that Erica and then Mason, Mason is Cooper's child. Like... I did not know that right away, and that mm-hmm. was wow! What a t- what a turning point for me when I realized the connection. I, I was like, "Why is this patient at Charlotte's house?" Like this, I yeah. <laughs> this nothing makes sense to me. This whole storyline, I feel like, really made me. I really love Charlotte. I remember mm-hmm. how much like I really love her character, and um, I thought it was just a great. It was just a great – all the other patient storylines were fine too, but this one felt how old grays would feel to me too where you do get invested. Yeah, I was thinking that And too. you do care about the outcome and it was like exciting. I think that the crossover of it all like didn't need to happen. It was like two scenes, which I know we'll talk mm-hmm. about later. Yeah. But but it was – yeah, I just – I liked it. I love Derek and Amelia operating together. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we forget about the crossovers that like Grace is still doing their own own thing, but the crossover right. was with private practice again too. So I feel like they have to kind of like with Station Nineteen, like they have to throw a scene in because it's a crossover event, you know? Yeah, I don't know, but I agree with you, Abby. I love Charlotte is my favorite character. She's and great. Oh yeah. I just, I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about like the end of them at the hospital, but yeah. I also would just like to throw into the universe, say it out loud, that there is not a urologist or a pediatrician in Seattle at the moment in season 20. What do you mean? They should bring Cooper and Charlotte to Seattle to be on Grace. Oh, that would be be really great. That that is just hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Who's a urologist? Is that what Charlotte is? Charlotte's a urologist. I mean, I guess um, Catherine, Catherine is a urologist, is, yeah. but like we know she's really sick. And right. There hasn't really been a pediatrician since Alex left. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Such a good point. Thank you. I I really loved – okay, I'm going to be jumping all over. Is that fine? Fine. As long as we stay in the Erica. Yeah, yeah. I just – I loved mm. I loved the mm. entire – like them having to get it under a certain time second – well, first of all, what a classic moment of them solving the mystery of how to do the surgery while watching another surgery and having mm-hmm. a conversation. That's like, I feel like how it always happens that oh, things yeah. are solved. But I just love that. And then I love them practicing it. And that they made that phrase, like, we practice until we can't, like, until we don't. Can't get it wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was just, it was exciting. It was like a sports event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really struck at how robbed we were of Alexi Amelia relationship. Just like I was struck at how robbed we were of a Maggie and George relationship. Like those two, if they were like if they knew each other. You think Maggie and George? I think Maggie and George would have been besties. Oh, oh. Interesting. Yeah. 
I feel like she wouldn't respect him. Like she doesn't respect Winston right now. Like I feel like she, you're leaving to go to war. I don't respect you. I feel like she would say that. But no. But I do like I Lexi and Amelia. That was fun to see. Also, I forgot that Derek takes Lexi under his wing. Yeah. And like she does neuro. I think that's so cool. Neuro stuff is crazy. It's it's insane. I do love that, like, absolutely Amelia's character, like, she, I f- feel like this kind of starts something for her where she's, like, doing the hard surgeries, you know, like, look at Erica, like, I'm not going to let this happen to her. And, like, I don't know, we see that as Amelia transitions over to Grey's Anatomy, like, that when, like, private practice ends, that continues with her character. Yeah. And then we realize she's had a brain tumor this whole time. Right. Is that a spoiler oh. alert? <laughs> No, because it's on Grey's. Yeah, that's okay. true. Wow. You're... I've been so conscious of like, when did she start acting like she has a brain tumor? I don't think it's now. No, I think this is like solely based on the fact that like she loves Cooper and Charlotte and like wants yeah. to help this person. I loved that statement that she makes to Derek when, you know, Derek is like, you just got out of rehab, you know, like he's, he's nervous for her that if the, and she makes, or wait, now I'm confusing who says it, but it's the idea of like, actually I'm strong. Like I'm not, this, he's, it was Derek. He says well, that. Well, actually no, Amelia, Amelia said it first mm-hmm. in the crossover of on grace right. and then Derek brings it around when she's doubting herself yes mm-hmm. and I love that because I think that's true I think and especially like this tying in with the Corinne storyline too that and yeah and also that mom like that just because you struggle with these things does not mean you are weak mm-hmm. exactly exactly 18 minutes and 34 seconds into the first episode when Mason is at Charlotte and Cooper's house, you are telling me that Southern Belle Charlotte King makes macaroni and cheese with that little cheese on it for this little guy? (laughs) Like, no no. way. I know logistically it's because he throws it across the room and, like, props can't, like, the set and the props, like, it can't be messed up with the cheese. But, like, you're telling me that Charlotte makes mac and cheese with that little cheese? I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. And I love this next thing. Charlotte, I have a note about this. Her headset, her like the Bluetooth. Bluetooth. God, I I never had one of those, but very cool. Very cool driving around in the car. My dad had one. And every time I was like, you are Agent Cody Banks. (laughs) Yeah. Kim Possible. Yeah. Also, since I live in LA now, I am just, I'm struck by like geography of it all. Uh Like how in the heck... I know I've been saying that all the time today. How in the heck did eight-year-old Mason Warner get to the Pantages Theater in Hollywood all the way from Santa Monica? That's really far, isn't it? It is. It's really far. And it's How did he get out the door so fast? That was the was, – that, yeah, yeah, they live in a building. Yeah. They live in an apartment building. Yeah, that was – And how did Charlotte know to look in Hollywood? Like, if I was Charlotte, I would have gone to the beach. Now, they didn't go to the beach because the logistics of filming on the actual beach is a nightmare with the sand and the wind and the sound. Yeah. But yeah, just I I don't expect a rebound. But I mean a, a rebuttal, but it just is really far. <laughs> I think this goes along with some of your notes that you have coming up. But I like Charlotte and Erica's relationship. Oh yeah, especially how they started and where they are now. Huge. Charlotte is. I I'm gonna say it again. She is like I think the best character in the show. I mean I oh, love yeah. Addison, but like. The way that she is honest with Mason about what's going uh, on. That scene like, was the f- best. Sorry. was the best. That scene was the best. I can't remember if I'm allowed to swear. Yeah. 
it's Cooper does not have the capacity for it. It's so obvious. Like he cannot talk to Mason that way and be honest about what's going on. But that's all Mason needs in that moment. And the way Charlotte just steps up and does it. And also, I know this isn't about the way like when Charlotte and Erica like have the talk of like he's going to need a mom and like yeah and when Charlotte goes in the bathroom and cries like I have a note about that scene too I thought that was so real and so good yeah and then pulls it together for Mason like I'm gonna go that is being a grown-up yeah I'm gonna go cry in the bathroom and then I'm gonna pull it together for this kid because this is what this kid needs just incredible really great yeah it's uh, how Charlotte tells Erica you need to tell Mason about this from an angle of advocating for Mason and not the angle of attacking Erica Mm -hmm. is growth like five even five episodes ago she probably would have gone for attacking Erica but she realizes like whether she wants to or not Mason is in her life and maybe full-time if Erica doesn't Mm -hmm. do this and Charlotte and Cooper are going to be the one picking up the pieces right if anything happens to Erica that she can no longer be with Mason for. Also, Charlotte's sigh of relief when Amelia suggests going to Derek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love she like you could see the weight off of her shoulders. Yep. Lexi. <laughs> Lexi saying that Derek would be more willing to help if Amelia stopped saying that he is a jackass. But Amelia saying that she can't do that because Derek is a jackass. And he is. <laughs> Thousand percent. Yeah. And why he's saying no to this case, but he just went through an entire storyline of him doing the impossible cases. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's Amelia. Of co- Yeah. No, it literally it's I'm sorry. Yeah. It's Amy, Amy says Derek Shepard. Amy. <laughs> she is not an Amy. No. Her hair is so tall in these episodes. Yeah. It's huge. Like it's she's got the poof. What was what was it called? The bump it. Thank you, bump it. I was like, the snooky? No, the bump it. <laughs> the bump it. She's rocking the bump yeah. it. Very voluminous. I uh, would talk about them operating together, which like how he eventually says like, well, if you're going to do it anyways, I might as well help you. Yeah. The honesty that they have with each other too, when there something goes wrong in the surgery and he's like, that was really scary. Or she says that really scared yeah. me. And he's like, yeah, me too. Like the, yeah. just the yeah. honesty of them both being like actually scared and none of them are superheroes. Like they're real people doing real things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And communicating with each other for once in their lives. Mm-hmm. Derek says that Amy, God, Amelia, is too passionate about the case and too emotionally wrapped up. But Lexi says she is passionate enough to help her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great distinction. Yeah, I also loved that Lexi was calling out Derek about being emotionally involved. She said, you are so wrapped up in your sister's outcome that you won't even think about the patients. Perfect. I think Lexi had a lot to do with why Derek was willing to try. Yep. Rest in peace. Yeah. RIP. Yeah. This is an Alex uh, an Alex note. Lexi comes up with going through the carotid artery to get to Erica's tumor while watching Callie and Meredith's surgery. And Alex has the perfect line reading of going for fingers. <laughs> like going through like the going carotid. <laughs> yeah. Carotid to get to the fingers because he thinks they're talking about the surgery they're watching. And I that was perfect. I laughed out loud. He's miss such a him. baby. I know I miss him too. Really miss him. I know. Erica is giving Fontaine realness with her crying in that beret. <laughs> <laughs> that was the like – Les Mis, dear listeners. Fog in that scene was weird as hell, right? 
So they're in LA trying to make it look like Seattle and gloomy, but also like it is so obvious to me and not that they didn't try their best, but there is a mist machine with a fan. So it is raining (laughs) sideways and it's like a little bit. And I can see them behind the, behind the camera being like more rain, more rain, more wind, more rain, more rain. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like drizzling. I'm like, um, friends, it doesn't have to rain in Seattle. No, it was, it was an interesting choice. I thought. Yeah. Cooper says that Erica is having surgery and to me, Eric Cooper says to Mason that Charlotte, I can't speak. Cooper (laughs) says to Mason that Erica has a surgery that our friends are going to perform. Has Cooper or Charlotte ever met Derek before? Like, I don't think that Derek's ever been to LA. No, I thought that was weird too. I didn't understand what, what the connection was with Derek. No, maybe. But then again, Cooper can't very much say, oh, the lady you saw high at a taco stand is going to open your mom's skull. (laughs) Things from previous episodes. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I do think like when you're on maternity leave, like once the baby is out and healthy and you are recovered, like private practice should be your binge. (sighs) Maybe. We'll see. There's a lot there. Oh my gosh. Have you guys watched Jury Duty? Yes. I started. I haven't finished it yet, but- yeah. I loved it. I, yeah. I should have brought this up at the top, but dear listeners, Jury Duty on Amazon Prime, watch it, DM me, loved it. So good. Crying Mason in his little red cheeks. He's a great actor, that little kid. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel yes. like in all of his scenes, especially the one when he was like the, you're telling me the truth, this is all of it. Like the making yeah. sure, and then the way he says thank you. I was like, oh, great actor. I have this note later, but like eight-year-olds know so much more than adults give them credit for. Yes. And I don't know if that's because like I work so much with kids or because I'm a kid at heart, you know, but like eight-year-olds, people treat elementary school kids like they don't know what's happening and they do. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Charlotte is talking to Mason like in terms he can understand, not scaring him or um, she's not like sensationalizing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the reason that they're connecting is because she is telling him the truth, and he has not heard the truth. People have been lying to him for months. Yeah, yeah. not seeing his. Mom. I love when he. Sa- yeah, uh, sorry, Abby. I love when he says to her, "Like, you're telling me the truth, aren't you?" Like he can. Yes, the he way he can pick up on it. Yeah, and she doesn't catastrophize. Like she's like, these are all the yeah. possible outcomes, and like it's the facts. Yeah, that's why I think I said the actor line because it was the delivery of like. You're telling me the truth, aren't you? Like it was a statement, yeah. mm-hmm. sort of. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. This speech that Erica gives to Charlotte when Erica is sure that she's going to die on the table. Do you remember the episode in season two of Grey's with Laurie Metcalf? Mm-hmm. It's my favorite guest. Oh, yeah. When she's like, you have like wear, wear your underwear under the pantyhose. Mm-hmm. Like that one. It it was very much that, and it that storyline always makes me cry. And this was very reminiscent of that. It was like two sides of the same coin. I don't yeah. think I'd be able to be that eloquent if I thought I was going to die. Like I'd wish that no, I could sure. say all these nice things, but I think I I can't imagine what wise words I would say. Yeah. No, Derek says self doubt and doubting your surgical skills are two very different things. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I thought that was great. Also, he talks about the aftermath of their father's death. And how yes. Amelia would just be in the backyard with firecrackers. Like, who lets a six-year-old in the <laughs> with firecrackers alone? Like, what? what? They were love that, going through shit. <laughs> I love that yeah. idea, though, of little Amelia doing something until it no longer scared her. And, mm-hmm. like, yes. that, that feels very on character for her. 
Yeah, it does. And also, like, maybe in the 70s, they would have been alone with firecrackers in the backyard. I don't know. There mm. were four kids. I bet they would have. I feel like my parents for sure lit fire, fire, firecrackers whenever. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even like sparklers, so I can't, I can't think about that. <laughs> uh, just calling out that Boki is the scrub nurse for the surgery. Yes. Love, love, As that. always. Love Queen Boki. Yep. Yes. Charlotte falling apart in the bathroom away from the boys like we discussed before mm-hmm. and then going to be the rock for them in the waiting room mm-hmm. yeah it's beautiful that's a good yeah a good grown-up yep when Cooper is outside and he's like I love medicine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he has a change of heart yeah that made me laugh Cooper says I would marry medicine if I wasn't already married to you and our girl Charlotte says, well, I'm glad I got to you first. Yeah, yeah, that was a cute scene. And she said, too, because I think she was shocked by the fact that when she said, I love him, I don't think she was expecting to feel that way. And and so yeah. I thought that it was great the way she said, like, but I think it's because I love you so much. Yeah. Yeah, because she has been so vocal about not wanting children, not wanting to be a mother. Yeah. In a different way than we will get to shortly very soon <laughs> with, um, with our girl Christina, but yeah. in a very different way, but also, yeah. Yeah. But also, yeah, that was so eloquent. Thanks for sticking with me as your listeners. But also, yeah. So. But also, yeah. Anything else about Dear Erica before we get to our Grey's Notes? No. I don't think so. Okay, perfect. I love Grey's Anatomy. Um, we know this. I made a podcast about its spinoff, so therefore must love it. <laughs> I was really excited to be able to talk about Miranda Bailey and Callie Torres and all of our dear friends. So um, here we go. Why don't I remember this Godfather scene, the Godfather scene with Callie and Richard oh my God. through the glass in this scrub room? It was hilarious. The music behind it and us not seeing their faces, but the I was laughing like genius. I didn't I, catch the Godfather like um reference. Reference. Yeah, but I was like what the f- is this? Like it was so silly. Like what is this about? Like it was so I, funny. I love when Richard gets serious like that though. Yeah. He's like yeah. he like lays down I don't know, he gets like in a character. He does like a bit. He does bits a lot. Yeah. He's so good at that. I remember podcasting about that, Abby, that specific scene and being like having the same conversation we just had response <laughs> that you just had. It was like what the f- was that? Like why did that happen? <laughs> It's great. I loved it. He so when at the Gray's Day I talked about, I went to the first responders day at um, Warner Brothers a couple weeks ago for the SAG after strike, and I was like two feet away from Katarina Scorsone and Kelly McCreary and Kim Raver. But then also like Bailey and Richard were there. I know that they have real names, but like I'm just gonna say (laughs) Bailey and Richard. Everyone loves Richard, and Richard is just like James Pickens Jr. has Riz. I'm just saying he is he's he dresses smooth. Yeah. he is smooth. He plays this he plays he's this fuddy duddy guy on this show, but I feel yeah. like he's he's got game. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But just like seeing him in person, I was like, you are Aww. everything that I want you to be. Oh, so sweet. Oh my god, it was beautiful. I love the through line of Callie being really good at tests. Like they used her cards for the intern ex- exam as well. I love that through line. Maybe because I'm so bad at tests, but yes. I love that she's good at tests. That whole mm-hmm. storyline was funny. Ellen Crawford as Carrie Rissler as this patient. She's Nurse Lydia on ER. Have I've you guys not. watched ER? Mm-mm. No. Oh my god. I know. I didn't until last summer either. But Ellen Crawford is also like an amazing SAG after strike captain right now. She's the best. But like seeing her here was great. And but and also the prosthetics that they used with the makeup, with making her 
lymphatic system seems yeah. so swollen. Yeah. They freak you out, Brie. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, your face was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it made me feel weird. Yeah, her and Bailey in a scene. The way Bailey reacted about this patient was very similar to how Sam reacted with the pregnant woman. Like, very, like, I fixed yes. this, and now you're going to ruin it. Mm-hmm. Like, like um, a sort of, like, mm-hmm. control yeah. issue. It's a good duality. Yeah. I I really just wish doctors were actually this passionate about their patient's well-being. <laughs> oh, my God, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Can't imagine. Yeah. Can't imagine. Her and Bailey in a seam together is a balm on my broken soul. Like, Aww. put that in my IV. <laughs> I love when they play with Chandra Wilson's height because yes. she's short. Like, not being able to see around the people in the back and then standing on a block <laughs> to see over Mark's shoulder. I love when they use it. It's not, like, humor per se, but it's very relatable as it looks. I'm only 5'4". She's much shorter. But, like, yes, that I was love good. that. Are you guys short? How I'm short five, are four. you? I'm 5'4". We're all the same height. Oh, we're all yep. the same height. I'd consider that short. I yeah, it's short. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's Correct. not like five one. That's true. Tell me if you feel the same. I feel like season eight is when Alex really turns a corner to being like a human and not evil spawn. Like this Morgan and Tommy storyline and working with Arizona into season nine where he like helps out as the peds fellow after the plane crash like i really feel like this is when he stops it has to happen by this time because that's like a long time to me like an like not a good person but i think you're right i do think the morgan thing really like hit him hard and uh i i think more than that though that being good at peds and finding something that he's not like second best at or something like finding his like niche, I think is what also helped him like feel solid on himself. Um, he looks yeah. so young in this season and I know it's still season he eight. He really but it's does. Like, it's a little, it was like shocking. Yeah. Amelia in the test room with Lexi when she says, I want something, but it's not food. Like I'm just really proud of her for saying out loud that she's craving her drugs. Mm-hmm. And Lexi suggests seeing the guy with his hand in a meat grinder. Like, <laughs> I am so mad that this is the only time that they met. Yeah, she was a good help there. And I don't even think she knows about Amelia's. Maybe she does, but... but She does because Derek is very vocal okay. about it and will tell anyone who listens. <laughs> but I also... Such a she, jerk. She references being in the room with all... Like, I'm in a hospital with all of these drugs also. Like, she makes those references a lot, which, yeah, is like... Yeah. Probably like being in a bar if you're an alcoholic, so... Exactly, exactly. But I also feel like that's part of... I wouldn't know thankfully i guess but like i feel like that's part of healing of like being able to vocalize it absolutely i'm very proud yeah yeah because the uh, the intervention episode was season five episode eight like that was not very long ago yeah so i'm I'm very proud of her the scenes with christina and owen oh my god it makes me remember how they always talk about in interviews how much they love working together like the acting work that they're doing with each other you can tell that they're having a good day at work maybe Mm -hmm. that's me because i like see inside they're so sorry (laughs) yeah (laughs) i see inside (laughs) Um, there is so much contempt in their relationship. Yeah. And we know from the research that contempt is the number one indicator that your relationship will not last. Ooh. Like people can't handle it. And contempt is different from criticism. Criticism is like, 
you don't put the dishes away well. Contempt is like I like you're a bitch, and like I don't like who you are as a person, and like the eye rolling. Is it like disagreeing morally, like like on a like a it's about like, your character? Your character. It's like okay, put yeah. downs. Yeah, it's yeah. like really in, or like eye rolling or like you know like your body can be in contempt, but like yeah, they've coded that and that you're like you can't withstand that in a relationship for very long. Owen. So it's no wonder that they broke up. (laughs) I loved her, like Christina's retort when she was like, because I agree, like the discussion of if you want children or not is something that should be discussed. Yeah. You know, but I love that, that Christina bounces back and is like, you asked me to marry you and we got married 12 minutes later, whatever she says, like there was, that wasn't (laughs) top of mind. Like they, she's acknowledging that they did that even way too quickly. Yeah. And so like, it's not like she's saying like, no, you're wrong. It's not an issue we should discuss. She's like, we probably should have, but we didn't. Like, we just went right into yeah. this. I just, oh yeah. my God, Owen's mindset on this topic is what makes him so incredibly, like, oh, <laughs> it's hard to watch. Like, I don't have a, I don't have a partner. I have an incubator is how he looks yeah. at this. Yeah. Like, he thinks that he's doing, like, he's like, but you'll love this baby. Uh, no, if she doesn't want a baby. Or, like, you'll change your mind. Like, what? I hate you- that part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's the worst. And the part where he says, too, that I really hate, it's like, that's not a thing. People don't, not like, not right. want children. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. what are you talking it's about, absolutely- <laughs> It is very much a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is not common, but it is normal. Yeah, very yeah. normal. Um, And so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was interesting to watch. I like that they we never hear the therapist either. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which also oh, yeah. feels like my therapy sessions. I'm like, did she say anything or did I just talk? <laughs> and the same thing with um Addison too. We never hear the therapist. Yeah, same idea. Yeah. Owen says, How about you stop thinking that you're the sun and that I revolve around you? I screamed. I woke my dog up when I screamed. I paused the television. Yeah. He said this. This is where she got the idea for he is not the son you are. And it stuck with her. Like, you know when someone says something and you think about it 10 years yeah. later? Yeah. This is like her mantra. Yeah. Yep. And she, then she says it to Meredith two years later. So Sandra O's last episode in season 10 was written by someone else. It was written by William Harper. But it was also directed by Tony Felon. Who was the same person who directed this episode? Oh, that's I, really interesting. I liked the yeah. draw when I saw your note about that, and then I heard it as well when I watched, and I was like, "Oh, that's not the first reference to the sun." Yeah, yeah. So br- great. That's great. So it's kind of like when I go, I guess they Thank do have you. good writing on this show. Like when I realize that, just when you bi- when you watch something over time, you forget those things. But when you binge it, you catch a lot of stuff. Yeah, when you when you deep dive. Yep. Morgan's baby, who we don't know his name yet, but it's Tommy, has a PDA, patent ductus arteriosus, and that's the same thing that my puppy Ruthie had. Wow. And also Sophia Robin Sloan's Torres also had a PDA. So Wow. Common but scary. Yeah. Yeah. I was scared when it was like twenty four weeks and they were delivering and she said, Yeah, my baby barely has lungs because I do remember at week twenty four, my excuse not to do anything in the house was to Jake that I was growing lungs. Because our doctors that week yeah. was like, you're growing lungs in the next few weeks. Like, this is very exciting, you know? And I remember being like, wow. help, can you get my water? I'm growing lungs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, that is terrifying. 24 weeks is so – they're almost so nonchalant about it. I know they have to be because they have to, like, save her. But 24 weeks is really early. Yeah. It's very it's very scary. Yeah. I'm in the miscellaneous. Do you have any more for Grace? That's it. Okay. Violet and Hot Scott – 
Hot Scott. <laughs> Violet and Hot Scott couldn't even find a supply closet like they had to make out in the hallway. You're adults. I have a note that says, who likes making out that much? In the hallway. Just in general. Like on a gurney. <laughs> in general. <laughs> I, I feel yeah, like... I'm just like we've who, been married for a while. Like who likes to do I'm that? Like, who really? just just kisses like and nothing else? Um, also, I'm glad they're not doing anything else in the hallway. True. <laughs> also, I laughed because my first boyfriend in like sixth grade was named Scott, and my mom always called him Hottie Scotty. Oh, it was annoying, and I felt like I was being patronized, which I was. But oh, I mean, mom, I love. We are in love. love. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird that Pete is talking to Cooper about Violet. It's yeah. even weirder that Cooper is defending Pete to Violet. Yeah, it is weird. It's odd. It doesn't seem like their normal relationship. And no. I don't quite get it. No, I feel like this season they've had all these – the writer's room has had all these ideas of these conversations that has to take place, like from one person to another person, and they're like, hmm, who should this be between? And they just pick a really weird person <laughs> for this scene to be with. Yeah. I don't know why. Pete and Violet are so civil and sweet when they're talking about Lucas, and then it turns so quickly when they're talking about Scott or anything romantic. Like, it's almost like they still want to be together for some godforsaken reason through all of this. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the honesty of him being like, it does bother me. Like, like I'm like, yeah. I'm human. I don't remember, again, they're like total – everything storyline but um it kind of reminded me you don't need to but way less patronizing that scene that where Derek is like accuses Meredith of like good going getting around you know and she's like you do not get oh. to mm-hmm. um critique or something what you broke kind of a thing what like or broke, how yeah. I'm healing that was way more intense but I feel like it'd be it, they're in that same world where it's like they are broke up it was his choice but now he's watching her move on and he doesn't like that and so he's gonna be pissed about it. Mm-hmm. You're right. I didn't think of that. See, you do love Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> TikTok just served me that scene the other day, and I was like, "Wow, that was a great scene." And I, I didn't know. I don't know if this is true or not. All the people in the comments said that Patrick Dempsey sent Ellen Pompeo flowers after filming that scene because he felt so bad about like how mean oh. he had to be. Seems like it could That's be lore. I feel like I've heard that, but it's fun if it is. Hot Scott deserves so much better than Violet. That's all I'm going to say about this. Is like mm-hmm. he deserves better. Yeah, I think you're right. Did you notice how Sheldon was peeling his apple? I loved it. I think Sheldon is such a weirdo, and I love that he was like with a giant ass knife peeling that apple I don't towards remember. his finger. He's going to cut his finger. I don't remember that. It was scene, like a, but I'm going to go back and like, watch. He took the whole <laughs> skin off, except which Spirals. I don't think apples taste good without the skin. And I oh interesting. I stand. Take on that. That's good for you. I, because that's where the minerals uh, just, are. Just they're too mushy the without. Like I have to have skin in every, not in every bite, but they're. I cannot eat it without the skin. So what a waste. How do you feel about apple pie? Don't love it. Because they're mushy. Yeah, like I don't like a warm fruit. Yeah, I don't really either. I don't really. I'm gonna like say something here. I don't love apples. Oh, I love like, apples. They kind of they they hurt my stomach. They do hurt my stomach. Have you ever tried what I do to make myself eat them? I cut them first of all, honey crisp always. I'm like that meme. Always, it's like always. us honey crisp gazing down at the peasants. I'll pay three dollars yeah. for one apple if it's honey crisp. Yeah. But I sprinkle yeah. sea salt. I cut them. I sprinkle sea salt on it, and then I dip them in peanut butter. 
Yeah, the thing I have heard, I'll eat them with peanut butter because if you can add some protein in with it, it doesn't hurt your stomach as much. And the salt makes the sweet, it's like a sweet savory balance. I'll try the salt thing. Yeah. Which I would also prefer a pie. I also prefer a savory pie if I'm going to eat pie. I'm weird like that. So, like a shepherd's pie? Pecan or Yeah, like there's a cheese one. You know, there's like, I don't know. Yeah. That's a quiche. Oh, I see what you mean. No, it was a pie. It can have fruit and cheese. I just like, I can't just do straight sweet. Okay. And if I eat pumpkin pie, it better be ice cold. Oh, yeah. I agree. I like an ice cold pumpkin pie. Well, if it's warm, bleh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree with that. Trader Joe's has a really good apple tart. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. I am an apple fan, though, and it has almonds on top, candied almonds. Oh, that's nice. I should go to Trader Joe's. It's seasonal. Yeah. (laughs) My last miscellaneous note is at seven minutes and 19 seconds into the second private practice episode, so the third episode we're covering – Violet walks into the kitchen and she looks like she just walked out of a private school and she has like a white button down blouse and a plaid skirt on. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? I like her short hair. I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I do too. Oh yeah. You want my bob back. You do. You look good with every hair. Both of you. Anytime nice. you get a haircut, I'm like, I don't, how? I get my haircut literally once a year. Brie and I trade like this. Brie and I trade like you this. You do. When I have long hair, she yeah. has short hair. When I have short hair, she has long hair. Yeah. You do. Do you have any more miscellaneous notes or stray notes that you just are dying to? I do not. Okay. I do not. Let's do Sam Style. Sam Style is Addison's tan monochromatic outfit in season five, episode 15. It's a long collared beige cardigan. She's a tan shirt and light brown pants. Notice they're all different tans. (laughs) And a giant long stranded Chanel beaded necklace it's like down to her belly button I just really like please tell me she's not seeing patients with that necklace because it's gonna hit them in the face (laughs) or other parts the vagina (laughs) yeah like can you imagine just like having just like just a giant Chanel necklace just like hitting you on my gynecologist and breeze as well I believe wears a vibrator around her neck like the little do you ever notice that Brie (laughs) <laughs> your mind is blown it's no. they sell them there too it's like the little necklace with the tiny little like yeah bullet thing it's it's a vibrator it's and, a vibrator and i love that for her oh she's my the coolest. god she is the coolest she is the coolest gynecologist her hair's down she has diamond stud earrings and nothing there is you know just the tan 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 and the long necklace perfect all right our guest our spotlight all right i will be presenting that and i'd like you to know that first i even though i asked you Am I doing this on the actor or the character? You told me actor. I did it on the character. And then I was like, oh my God, I just wrote a bio for Derek Shepard. So I went back and did it. I, I would like to hear what you said for the character. I deleted too. it. So it's gone. You can okay, fine. you can find it. on. Yeah, it, it was like at the end, it was like, and then he died. Um, okay, so Patrick Dempsey is who I chose. <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> He's still alive. <laughs> He is very much alive. Um, Okay, are we ready? Here we go. Will I ever be ready? Patrick was born on January – I hope this isn't too long. I hope it is. Who knows? Patrick was born on January 13th, 1966, and is best known as being an American actor and a race car driver. He was born in Lewiston, Maine, and in in his youth – this is wild – he achieved second place at the International Jugglers Association Championship in the juniors category – just behind someone named Anthony Gatto, who is considered to be the best technical juggler of all time. You know what's weird is I know that, and I don't know why I know that about I'm Patrick Dempsey. Do. I have no idea why I know that. I've 
never heard that before in my life. Why do they not have him juggle on the show? Has he I, ever juggled on the show? I don't know. He's the second best juggler out there at one point in time. Oh um, he was diagnosed with dyslexia at age 12, and his first oh. acting role was in a stage production of Torch Song Trilogy. He toured with the company for four months. Um, his first major feature film role was at the age of 21. It's a film called In the Mood. And one of his first high-profile roles, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, is playing the fiancé of Reese Witherspoon in Sweet Home Alabama in 2002. It is the best. It's I don't think it stands the test of time. There's a lot of stuff wrong with it, but it's still one of my favorite movies. Um, in 2007, he starred in the Disney film Enchanted. And prior to landing the role of McDreamy, which – Grey's Anatomy is in 2005. Um, he auditioned for the role of Dr. Chase on the medical show House. Brie, you watch House now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, that would be so weird. Yeah, the blonde yeah. guy. Like he, yeah. He was nominated for Best Actor at the 2006 Golden Globe Awards for his role as Dr. Shepard. And he played that role from 2005 to 2015 and was recently featured in an episode that aired in April of 2021. In addition to acting, he maintains an extensive sports and vintage car collection, has enjoyed auto racing in his spare time for several years. None of these words make sense to me, but he has competed in pro-am events such as the 24 Hours of Le Mans, Rolex 24 at Daytona, and the Takate Score Baja 1000 off-road race, to name a few. Don't know race car terms. Maybe Bree does. I know. He is the current owner of Dempsey Racing, and he's been the face of L'Oreal and Versace. And after his mother died in 2014 of cancer, he started the Patrick Dempsey Center at the Central Maine Medical Center in Lewiston. He's been married twice. Didn't know that. I knew that. And is currently married to Jillian Fink. I also did not know that they filed for divorce, or she did in 2015, but they reconciled. They're still married to this day. They have three children. Love it. And at one point, he had silver hair recently. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked great at um, whatever that film festival was also recently. The uh, ABC, like the- It was in Cannes, I think. It was the- Oh. But he looked great on a little boat in France. Oh, my God. In jury duty when they asked James Marsden if he's ever been on a jury before, and he said, in Cannes. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. Screaming, crying. All right, trivia for these episodes. Private Practice, episode 14, Too Much, scored 6.52 million viewers. Private Practice, episode 15, You Break My Heart, scored 7.08 million viewers. And Grey's Anatomy, season 8, episode 15, Have You Seen Me Lately, scored 8.31 million viewers. Mm. Stephen Amell, Hot Scott, and Kyler Lee, Lexi Gray, while they don't share any scenes, both go on to star in CW superhero shows. Interesting. Stephen in Arrow as Oliver Queen and Kyler in Supergirl as Alex Danvers. When Jake defends himself that he didn't know his IVF patient had received a heart transplant, she was also Sam's patient, as he only gave an IVF exam, a fertility exam always includes a breast exam so he would have seen the zipper scar. This episode is the last one to feature characters of private practice at Seattle Grace Mercy West Hospital until Addison's return in Hotter Than Hell almost 10 years later. Mm -hmm. Although I do have to say that they weren't at Seattle Grace Mercy West because when Addison comes back, it is Grace Sloan Memorial. (laughs) It is also the last time that characters of Grey's Anatomy appear in private practice. It is also the last episode in which former spouses Addison and Derek appear in together, although they share no scenes. 
This episode is Griffin Gluck's favorite because of the football scenes. Oh, that's cute. This is the only episode of Private Practice to feature Lexi Gray and Boki. The episode of Grey's Anatomy, season 8, episode 15's title, originated from the song Have You Seen Me Lately, originally sung by Carly Simon. Amelia shows a photo of Mason Warner, making him the only character of private practice who makes a picture-only appearance on Grey's Anatomy. Amy Landecker, who plays Melissa, baby Eli's mother, also plays Morgan Hollander in season 14 of Grey's Anatomy. She's the patient in the bed next to Bailey at that other hospital when she goes to the ER for a heart attack. Bailey goes for her heart attack. Yeah. Dahlia Salem, who plays Gloria Murphy, also played Jan Taylor in season 18 of Grey's Anatomy. It says season 18, but I feel like it's season 19. It might be season 18. Her husband was brain dead, and she gave permission to Nick Marsh to use his body for research with that genetically modified pig kidney. Wow. Jonathan J. Scarf, who plays Mr. Murphy, also plays Hank in season one of Grey's Anatomy, Izzy's hockey player ex-boyfriend at the house party. Oh, that's that's crazy. Wow, that is crazy. Wow, wow, yeah, wow, wow, wow. wow. Oh, my. So that's what Hank went on to do. All right. Ratings and MVPs. Okay. Do you want to go first okay. or do I go yeah, first? Yeah, can you go first? Yeah, I feel like yours is going to be better than mine. I don't right? but know about that. My rating, we had a lot of siblings on the on this show uh-huh. in mm. these episodes. So my rating is siblings fighting on the beach, of course, to stay on theme. But if anyone else messes with the other one, like they'll go to bat for them. Like mm-hmm. they can cut to the core 23 and a half hours a day. But if some kid on the beach is like, oh, you're right. Her teeth are messed up. They're like, what did you say? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's a good one. Thank you. So ours is this episode is or episodes, I should say, is the expansiveness of the ocean, just like the expansiveness of Charlotte's heart. So, you know, just (laughs) as there continues to be undiscovered territory, like weird creatures in the ocean, there's a lot of unknown within the ocean and we're still learning. It's still surprising us. Charlotte still hasn't reached the bottom of her heart. Wow. And it is still expanding as she uncovers more love and connection. Brilliant. Thank you. That is really extraordinary. (laughs) Thank you. I worked really hard on that. Not ordinary. You're extraordinary. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for yours. I loved yours too. Thank you. I knew yours was going to be like better though. I do so many of these. Sometimes they're like so insightful and sometimes it's like they're on a Ferris wheel. (laughs) They're on a Ferris (laughs) wheel. That's what it is. Yeah. So my MVP is Charlotte for all of the oceanic reasons that you just said. I give it to her a lot, but this really was like, God, I love her. I have to agree. I don't want to be not creative, but I – I, mean, I did feel like she had she was great. That's I yeah. she's my favorite character, so I have to agree too. Yeah. I think across the board, she's the definite MVP. Definitely. I my second choice was gonna be Amelia just for mm. how hard she went to mm-hmm. bat for Erica and for this. But Charlotte, like that scene in the bathroom and telling Mason the truth. Oh my god. And the scene with Erica. She wins. One it. day Erica will get it, but today is not that day. Yeah. <laughs> not today. Yeah. Charlotte, year round. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you, you so much for having yeah. us. Oh my God, of course. I'm so glad we could find a time. This was so much fun. I feel like you will be done with season 19 before I'm done with this series. But unfortunately, our show is still on. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my God, we'll wait. See. I'm going to tell you guys right now. I'm manifesting it. When I'm on Grey's Anatomy, I'll come on your show. Oh, perfect. perfect. You'll, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. And so listeners have been like, what are you going to do when you're done with private practice? And I was like, do you have any idea how much of my time this sucks? <laughs> um, but something that they've been like into is like movies. So yeah. I, it'll be like my co-hosts and guest hosts will pick movies that they love that I haven't seen. Oh, that's and we'll discuss fun. it. But they're the expert and I'm not. I love that. So yeah, see you when your child's like in kindergarten because it'll be then. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Perfect. Can't wait to be back. Exactly. See you in 2027. Oh my God. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on Instagram. And you can follow Bree and myself at The On Call Room Pod. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show. You can also become a member of our patron community at patreon.com slash bhab podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing private practice season five, episode 16. Just one next time, guys. Don't worry. They're available to stream on Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, DVD, and more. Or you can check out your local library. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. TGIT.